Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my co-host Carol. How you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up? <laughs> Apparently I've been downgraded again. No longer his girlfriend. Oh, sorry, your highness. <laughs> Seriously? I had to wait so long for you that I, I wasn't sure that we were still dating. Ah, uh, okay. Or that we were still in the year 1995. It is... <laughs> September 8th, 1995. Are you asking me or telling me? Telling you? (laughs) Yes, it is September 8th. (laughs) And I've got some news for all of yous. Please enlighten us with your views. (laughs) So, first of all, Jews. No, I'm just joking. Um... (laughs) Uh, Mark Furman, who you may remember from the OJ trial, is the guy that used the N-word a bunch on a video or a cassette tape. Sure. He is refusing, he's taking the fifth, refusing to testify about planting evidence. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's not a good look for the prosecution when one of their star witnesses is like getting cross-examined about, hey, did you plant evidence implicating oj simpson did this and he's like i'm gonna take the fifth wow. <laughs> so i don't incriminate myself hmm yeah that's uh that's that's a wrinkle that's a bit of a wrinkle right there right huh plus they're trying to they're trying to advance this whole like hey you know from a drop of your blood we can tell exactly who you are it's weird like we don't all have red blood. I'm just, I'm just, I'm still thinking about this because I, I was pretty sure he did it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it seems like they're basically saying they planted the evidence. So at least Mark Furman. Huh. I mean, they, that's it's weird to take the fifth, right, and just not just say no, I didn't. Right. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> that's a thinker for you. <laughs> They asked if he planted evidence specifically mm-hmm. about this case. Yes. Not like, did you ever plant evidence in your life? It says, a subdued Mark Furman on Wednesday repeatedly invoked his right against self-incrimination rather than answer questions about whether he had planted or manufactured evidence in the O.J. Simpson murder case when he was a Los Angeles homicide detective. Wow. hmm Yeah. During a brief hearing outside the jury's presence, Furman, one of the prosecution's most important witnesses, refused to answer any more questions about the case. Crazy. Also, related to to that story, is apparently they have a movie, or a script, I should say, about the Mark Furman tapes. Okay. And they're shopping it around, but nobody's buying it. Huh. Yeah, it says uh, right now it's being lumped in with buzzwords like Buttafuoco and Bobbit, who we <laughs> we all we all know. Okay. Of course. I don't see why Joey Buttafuoco. You don't see why? Well, yeah, because... I don't see why Mark Furman's tapes about this are on the same level as Lorena Bobbit tapes. Well, Mark Furman, I guess what they're saying is is he's like the flavor of the week. And they don't think that they made a movie about Buttafuoco, I think. I don't know if they made a movie about Lorena Bobbitt and, and what she did, but But they made a movie about Buttafuoco and it didn't it didn't do particularly well, so Okay. I guess people are like we don't give a fuck about this. Or we won't in a year, so we're not gonna bother. Yeah. That's actually surprising restraint on the the part of Hollywood. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's all I've got with OJ right now. The the verdict should be forthcoming soon-ish, I would think. I think the trial is nearing an end. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, I think he's probably going to get found not guilty. That's my guess. Do you think prior to this that would have been the case? I don't. They, 
Well, there's a lot. I mean, there's still a lot to go as far as the as the trial goes. They still got to do closing arguments and, and stuff like that. Um, it looks it looks bad. Mm-hmm. The L.A. PD has for years been racist and targeting black youths and and abusive. You know, like the NWA sings about it, and right. and you know, it's it's in the ether there. So it's believable that they would try to frame O.J. Simpson because he's black and famous and dating a white woman or whatever. Or was. Yeah. He was married to a white woman. Yeah. But, I mean, you could believe that. I, I, I don't think there's a lot. I mean, maybe there are more cities where that's true. But there are a few cities that have as long of a track record of just absolute horrible behavior as the Los Angeles Police Department. And this is... This is what they get, basically. Okay. You know, like that's that's what I think. Um, I mean, we can talk about it more once the verdict comes down. But yeah, people have for a long time have been like, well, they framed him because he's rich and powerful, and why would he risk this? And wouldn't he just hire somebody if he really wanted her dead? Try to distance himself from it as much as possible. Now, I think he probably did it. <laughs> If you want my if you want my real opinion based on because I watched this trial a lot and it sounds like he got that he was like obsessed with her. He got pissed that he saw her with another guy and it was like a spontaneous crime of passion. And then he, you know, escaped into the night. Is it possible that Mark Furman planted evidence because he didn't know who did it? But he planted it on the right person. He did the wrong thing for the right reason, or the right thing for the wrong reasons, or whatever. I don't think it's the right thing either, but yeah, he got the right guy. It's possible, I suppose. It's also possible that he didn't plant any evidence at all, although I don't know why he's taking the fifth. Maybe somebody paid him to take the fifth? I don't know. Maybe, I mean, we could go conspiracy for conspiracy here probably forever, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think he's going to get found guilty or not guilty? I mean, I don't know. I, I think he, I think he probably is guilty, but who knows what the justice system is going to do. Well, Rodney King exists too. Remember the riots a couple of years ago after the Rodney King verdict? Uh-huh. I mean... If they convict O.J. Simpson, a black man, after not convicting the cops for beating the shit out of another black man, Rodney King, uh, there's going to be riots. Yeah. For sure. If he gets found guilty, there will be more riots in Los Angeles. That's not a reason to convict him or not. Oh, I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying that's going to be probably on the jury's mind, rightly or wrongly. That probably will. I wouldn't want to be on the jury, that's for sure. No. No, and they have to be sequestered, so they're in a hotel room months and months and months, like almost a year that's away from their awful. families and shit. Yeah. yeah. Not not good. A hellscape. Um, but speaking of hellscapes, the internet, this <laughs> this article says the doctor is internet. Apparently, news groups are providing strong medicine for everything that ails you. Let me let me tell you a little bit about this. Are you curious? You look not curious about this. News groups mm-hmm. are providing strong medicine for everything that ails you. That is what it says in this headline. It's pretty dumb sounding, but go for it. Where you can fill the information gap left by two busy doctors who don't allow enough time to cover... Or where can you fill in the information gap by two busy doctors who don't allow enough time to cover everything patients want to know? Where can you find support groups made up of like-minded people who can lend a sympathetic ear or offer been-there advice? Groups you can contact without sacrificing the privacy and anonymity of your own home, even in the middle of the night when you're alone with doubts and fears. 
Well, the answer is these news groups, apparently. <laughs> okay. So, you, you know, there's one called Alt Med Arthritis News Group. And, you know, there's people talking about alternative medicine for arthritis and sharing their ideas and, and you know, experiences and stuff like that for arthritis sufferers. So there's news groups talking about their medical issues. Weird. It makes a certain kind of sense because you can have anonymity. Like I said, you, you know, you can, if you have anal fissures or something like that. You, you can go to uh, Alt Medicine Anal Fishers and say, hey, my name's you know, Tom, and this is what I'm suffering from, and let's let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I guess there is some value to being able to talk to other people dealing with the same thing. But the problem, I would think, is eventually it just boils down to you're getting medical advice from people that aren't doctors. Right. Let me talk about something that you do care about. Let's do that. There's a new slate of shows coming out. 42 new primetime shows. Oh, I'm excited. That's exciting. Are premiering this fall. The most ever, because we have two new networks now. Cool. Six networks. So these are the rookie standouts, according to the guy. I'm not even going to look up his name. Murder One. It's a cop show. Okay. Uh, let's see. Live Shot. Something called JAG. What's JAG? I believe it stands for Judge Advocate General. It's the, like, uh, what do they call them? Air Force lawyers or whatever. Uh, okay. Uh, courthouse. Those are the dramas. Okay. Let's go with nighttime soap opera, Central Park West, 9 p.m. CBS, and the Monroe's, 9 p.m. Thursdays, ABC. Otherworldly shows, American Gothic, Nowhere Man, and Strange Luck. Hmm. I mean, otherworldly shows sounds interesting, but going just on their names, it doesn't like tell us much, so it's hard to know. Yeah, well, I mean... I could have done my research and told you all about these shows. Well, that would be a whole episode in and of itself, wouldn't it? Probably. And you would get bored and just sit there and not interact with me. Would you not be a dick? (laughs) I mean, I know it's hard to suppress your natural instincts, but if you could try, that'd be great. So the comedies are The Naked Truth. Uh, I think that's about a tabloid, I believe, a tabloid paper. Bless This House, Hudson Street, Partners, a show called Brotherly Love on 8 p.m. Sundays on NBC. What's that about? I believe that's the Lawrence Brothers. Okay. Joey, whoa, Lawrence <laughs> and his brothers. Okay. I don't know. That might be okay, I guess. And then uh, Comedian. You know how Seinfeld's doing well. Uh-huh. Well, another comedian is getting a show. Uh, Drew Carey. The Drew Carey Show, it's imaginatively called. Uh, 8.30 p.m. Wednesdays on ABC. When you say it's imaginatively called, it's like I imagine like unicorns dancing around behind him or something. I'm saying it's not very imaginative to I know call what it you're saying. the Drew Carey Show. It's not an inventive name. That's what I'm saying. I, I understand. Yeah. Do you? I do. Okay. What do you I'm think smart. of What do you think of that? What's what's the standout for you of that group? Um well, I really like Seinfeld, so I'm interested in giving Drew Carey a shot. I've seen his stand up. Do you like it? Yeah, he's pretty funny. And then, you know, like I said Brotherly Love sounds okay, and any of the other worldly shows would be at least worth a watch. How about for you? I think Murder One's got a chance to be something. Okay. And I mean, I'll probably, you'll force me to watch the Drew Carey show, so. I will. I'm going to force you to watch all of it. Yeah, we're going to watch every single one of those shows. No, no, not, no, just the ones I said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, speaking of forcing, uh, it's time for another edition of Massive Love, Carol. Wow. Speaking of forcing, huh? What, this is some bad Massive Love. <laughs> 
Well, how about an extra large cuddly bear? Is this a cuddly bear that's cheating on his wife? Extra large cuddly bear, passive gay white male, 33, six, one, 340 pounds. So he's a big cuddly bottom. Wow. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but sure. Well, I mean, that's what I assume they mean by passive. Yeah. Brown hair slash beard slash mustache. Green eyes. Smoker. Seeking sincere gay or bi male, 20 to 40, for dating, romance, or relationship, race and weight, open. See, that's smart. Put it right out there, smoker. So then you don't need to worry about all those annoying people. Who, oh my God, you smoke? No smoker. <laughs> it smells so bad. It's so bad for you. <sighs> I hate those people. Do you? I do. All of them. Okay. I also hate everybody who gets to smoke. Yeah, we don't smoke anymore. Very jealous. Okay, here's one. Affluent, generous Asian businessman. Okay. Five, six, 132 pounds. So he's like tiny. Non-smoker. Seeking young, petite, white female for discreet relationship. You'll be glad that you called. <laughs> so basically, he wants a, a white prostitute. But he doesn't want to go down to Eight Mile and look for one. <laughs> yeah, you'd find a lot of white prostitutes on an Eight Mile, wouldn't you? Okay, fine. You just want to go to Flint? I don't know. Yeah. Where the white prostitutes hang out? Flint. Yeah. Where you at, white prostitutes? <laughs> Where you hanging out? Um, yeah. Do you think now, is it stereotypical to assume 5'6", 132 pounds, that he's... Not exactly endowed. Well, I mean, you also got to throw in that he's Asian. Well, now you're getting really stereotypical. Well, sure. so are you. I I asked if it was stereotypical. Yes. You're, you're just going right for it. It is. It's totally stereotypical, but we all thought it. We did. Oh, every single one of us. We did. <laughs> all the people that live in my head, they're like, hey, he's got a small dick. That's why he's got to pay for sex. Wow. <laughs> But he's not paying. He didn't say he's going to pay. He said that he's an affluent, generous businessman. He's You'll a, be happy you called. He's a Toyota executive. He is going to pay. He may not directly leave the money on the nightstand, although he might, but he's going to take her out for fancy meals and buy her things. and Like a new Corolla. Yeah. He's going to pay. All right. Do you, you want a new car? Hey, what? Don't be rude and gross. Okay. Happily married, nice-looking white male, thirty-five, seeking happily married Ferndale. Happily 20- married Ferndale. Yep. Turn twenty-two to thirty-five for discreet daytime fun. Let's meet for lunch. Dearborn area preferred. So what? Okay, Dearborn and Ferndale are nowhere near each other. <laughs> Get your I want, right. He doesn't want her to live anywhere near his family and his wife. Happily married. I don't, what is your definition of happy? Right? You should be having discreet daytime fun with your wife, you asshole. I talked to this dude one time, though, who was cheating on his wife. And his he told his wife about it. His wife found out about it. And he said that it was her problem, that she had a problem with it. That she was trying to put him in uh, this box what he was he's like he was like middle-aged okay mm-hmm. so he's like in his uh, mid to late 40s i think and his point of view was hey i dated this woman or i was you know i was seeing this woman we had sex three times you know i was i felt so great and alive and everything she's so vibrant and pretty and all this stuff we had sex three times and then i came home and we played Clue, me and the family and everything. And they had fun. I had fun. It was great. Like, my wife's forcing me into this box. What the fuck? Of, you know, I have to... Monogamy, basically, I guess. And he said, I, I think that I should be able to have sex with whoever I want and still have my family life with my family. Wow. Yeah, that was his point of view. Did um Did he get divorced? I don't know. I we weren't great friends or anything. I never followed up on it. 
Um, I really sincerely hope he got divorced. Because, you know, what he's not even fucking thinking about is, you know, what boxes his wife in having to, you know, take care of him and their family. And then he's bringing home, you know, who knows what on his penis that he's going to want her to suck later. (laughs) I think he doesn't ask for that. I think that's the whole point, though. He doesn't want her anymore. Well, then he should get divorced. I guess. Don't stay married if you don't want to be with your spouse anymore. I think his point now, I don't agree with him, but to play devil's advocate, I think his point was he was no longer sexually attracted to his wife, but he still loved her and loved the life they had. He just needed that side of him sated someplace else. So figure out a way to be sexually attracted to your wife again. You know? I, I guess, yeah, sure. Because guess what? Uh, little Miss Vibrance makes you feel great. Won't do it for you in 10 years after three kids either. Well, yeah, then she gets somebody else. <sighs> Just keep upgrading to another model. Guys are dicks. Well, let's test your senses, Carol. Okay. Glowing candles, soft music, aromatic incense. And sweet-tasting sensual body oils. What gay black male's touch is missing from this picture? Gay white male 37. Hoping it's yours. Well, he definitely paints a picture. Yeah, I don't know why this is in... He's he's looking for a gay black male, obviously. Uh I don't know why this is in the alternative section and not the men seeking men section, but... Whatever. Alternative because maybe he doesn't want a, a actual relationship. Maybe. I guess this is for people not looking for relationships. Male would like... How, this, this, this is the other one that I thought was great. Mm-mm. Male would like phone conversation with married or single female. Leave the best time for me to call. <laughs> he, wants a, an eight, he wants a 900 number. Wow. I mean, there are... There are 900 numbers. Just calling. He doesn't. Want, yeah. He wants the 900 number. He doesn't want to pay. But he, he paid for this ad. He's like, let me let me call you up. I'm gonna jerk off while you talk. Do what do you think he wants to hear? Do you think that he wants you to sexy talk, or do you think that he'd be okay with like you running down your grocery list? I don't think it matters, honestly. I mean. I worked in a call center before, and guys will call. A 900 number call center? No. <laughs> a help center call center. Oh, teen line. And um, guys will call and just want to keep you talking because they want to hear a girl's voice, I think. Hmm. And then, yeah, you realize that's happening. <laughs> I wonder if, really? <laughs> that's happened to you, huh? More than once. Wow. I wonder if there's anybody that listens to our tapes because of that. Oh my god. I wonder if I wonder if if my voice continues to interrupt they're like, yeah, stop talking, let her talk. That's so gross. <laughs> god, why would you even go there? You just went there. Not you made the tapes dirty. No, nah, I'm sure people are just listening to this for entertainment value. Yeah, cuz we're so entertaining. As you clean your nails cleaning my nails oh i'm sorry playing with my you're playing with a hair tie in your thumb yes wow i'm fidgety not bored okay Jeez. adhd well hello everybody it's future mark and future carol here hey what's up we're here to talk to you about an exciting sponsor for our show called my bookie i'm very excited are you familiar with my bookie's work no not really (laughs) So you're aware what a bookie is? Yes. We saw hidden gems. They're guys that sit inside vestibules and steam while you win a, fo- a basketball bet and then shoot you in the head afterwards. Okay, so spoilers I don't think we should for, be working with them then. Spoilers for inside gems or hidden gems or uncut gems, right. whatever the hell it's called. Um, Adam Sandler piece of crap, yeah. Yeah. So, no, my bookie, though, they take the middleman, the guy that shoots you in the head, out of the equation. And instead, you just go to mybookie.ag and you say, hey, this basketball game's going on right now. 
I think that I will bet on it, and I'm going to place a safe and secure bet here at my bookie, and then when I win, I'll be able to cash out really easily. And that's all, like, legal and stuff now? Yes, absolutely. That's so cool. I didn't really realize that, you know, you could do that. Yep. The internet is an amazing thing. <laughs> and so is the winning season, which is returning to my bookie. You know what the winning season means, Carol? The winning season means I, I doubling don't. your first deposit. So all you have to do is go to mybookie.ag, use our promo code, which is RETROFEES, and they will match dollar for dollar up to $1,000 on your first Ooh, deposit. Wow, that's a good deal. You put $1,000 in, they say, here's $1,000 to go nuts with. Should we Should we do that? Yeah, let's put $1,000 in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. Uh, also, you know, there's sports is going on right now. The football season's probably going to happen from everything that I've heard. College football is going to happen. The NBA playoffs are going on right now. We got baseball heating up everything. And it's just, there, there's, you know, you're stuck in the house. You're not driving all the way to the casinos, which aren't open, or they are open, but they're not supposed to be open. Or, you <laughs> or have they're to in your buddy's distance. basement right now. Do you want to avoid coronavirus? Sit in your house <laughs> and bet. Watch sports and go on mybookie.com. AG. AG. Yeah, that's right. That stands for always good. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you sign up and you make your first deposit and they give you that dollar for dollar thing, you will be able to be eligible for a free entry into the famed MyBookie Super Contest. So to play this contest, all you have to do is pick five NFL games against the spread to have a chance at $100,000 guaranteed in cash prizes. That's not that hard. My friend Ben and I, when we used to live in Vegas, Carol and I used to used to live in Vegas, but this was be, this was actually before we lived in Vegas. He lived in Vegas twice. Yeah. Uh, we used to we used to uh, do that. We would bet. It's called a parlay and we'd bet against the spread and sometimes we'd pick five teams, sometimes we'd pick 10 teams. The more teams you pick, the bigger the payout. Five teams is actually not not super hard. Ben, ben and I have both done it before. Okay. Uh, the best part is my bookie has thousands of bets to choose on from the full NFL slate, the NBA playoffs, live betting to championship futures, which is betting on, you know, I think the Tigers are going to win the World Series. Okay. Right? Sure. Every, I, I don't, but sure. <laughs> every play you want to make is waiting for you. At my bookie, it is simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Well, that that does sound simple. Yep. I think you would need to talk to me quite a bit about all this different sports jargon first, but I'm all in. you need we'll to know it. is to use the promo code Retro Fees and double your first deposit. It's a no brainer. Yay! Back to 1995. It's so much better there. <sighs> Why don't you sigh and then tell us the movie, tell us about the movie that we watched. So this week we saw To Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. Yes. And you got it. I thought it was going to suck. Honestly, I was not looking forward it to it. It was my idea and Carol was like, no, no. I just, it made me sad to think about Patrick Swayze dressed up like a woman because he's so hot. And I didn't want that image ruined for me. What about Wesley Snipes? Westerford Snipes. Good actor, not hot. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and then the other dude. I have no idea what he looks like as a dude. John Leguizamo. Yeah, but he made a really pretty girl. Yeah. So, um, but it was a really, really good movie. I was it is really surprised. It is interesting that you never see him as a man in this entire movie. You see Patrick Swayze and... Wesley Snipes at the beginning getting made up yeah. from man to woman. You kind of see their transformation a little bit. Yeah. I guess John Leguizamo's transformation was throughout the movie. They keep calling him like a boy in a dress. I don't think, I mean, he had a definitely emotional, you know, That's transformation, what I'm saying, yes. but yeah, there was no physical transformation. No. He, he, he was pretty to start out with and he was pretty at the end. I and I really think they were jealous because he's prettier than they are. Well, he looks more like a woman than they do. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Swayze is super good looking, but 
you know, in a manly, handsome way, not a pretty way. Right. And Wesley Snipes is a really good actor. No, yeah, he's good. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> wow. Okay. I think a lot of people disagree with you, but okay. Yeah, you think he's handsome? I didn't say I think he's handsome. I'm saying I think a lot of people disagree with you. Well, maybe. But he's got very like harsh features. He does. I don't find that attractive. He's a very vascular person. What does that mean? You can see his veins. Okay. Why are you looking at his veins? I'm talking about the vein in his dick. What are you talking about? <laughs> Why am I looking at his veins? Because his skin is on display. It's just a weird thing to say. All right. Anyways. Um, okay, so this movie, like like Mark said, starts off, you can see the transformation for Wesley Snipes, and all of a sudden my mind went blank. And I've said his name like so many times now. Patrick Swayze. In the beginning of the movie. And they go to do, what is it, uh, what kind of contest? It's a, like, it's New York City drag contest. Right. It's a beauty pageant. Yeah, but I mean, beauty like. Beauty pageant for drag queens. It's kind of like, you know, the preliminaries to Miss America, right? I Except guess. Except it's yeah. for drag. It's this club. <laughs> Which apparently, it doesn't matter anyway, because, I guess, spoiler for the end of the movie, uh, the uh, someone wins it that w- didn't even qualify. Right, that's true. So it doesn't. I guess it doesn't matter at all. I guess it's more like a poker tournament where, as long as you get a ticket to the next round, whether you win it or purchase it, you're still gonna qualify. Sure. Yeah, as long as you can make it there. Yeah. So, okay. so um, Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes tie for first place. Vita and Noxima. That's their names in this movie. Yeah, Vita Bohem, and they're going to go by plane, right? Well, they get plane tickets, yes. They win plane tickets and hotel accommodation and all that stuff. Very exciting. It is very exciting. They run into... I don't know. uh, John Leguizamo. (laughs) I don't remember his character's name either. Uh, A boy in a dress. Right. Um, Puerto Rican. Swayback. As Patrick Swayze says. Oh, my goodness. As Patrick Swayze yeah. says like five times. It's terrible. Like, they're so racist to him. They're walking up the stairs. They see him crying. And... A little Latin boy. Yeah. Why is the little Latin boy in a dress crying? What's what's wrong with the little Latin boy in a dress? Like, he's not even there. Like, what in the fuck? Like, they're yeah, they're very rude. I mean, it's like they're kind because they do choose to bring him with them. Mm-hmm. But mean, too. The whole movie. It's funny because I I didn't understand dif- differences between people that dress up in women's clothing and stuff. Uh-huh. And Patrick Swayze, at one point, as they're driving in the car, just explains it, which I think is, is interesting. Yeah. And he says, when a straight man puts on a dress... He's a transvestite. Yeah. When uh, someone puts on a dress because they want to be a woman, they are... Transsexual. Transsexual, right. And when a gay man puts on a dress to be fabulous, <laughs> because there's he's too fabulous for men's clothes or whatever, then he's a drag queen. Right. And... When, you know, you put, you're just a boy in a dress or whatever. You're not, you You haven't qualify for any of that. You haven't achieved drag queen status yet. Yeah. So mean. They're very mean to John Leguizamo. So they say that he has to, um, there are four, which they're making this up totally on the fly as they're driving, but there are four stages to get to being a drag queen. They, they, they finally relent and say that she's a drag princess. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because. John Leguizamo just jumps out of the car and starts running away like, fuck you guys, I'm done. Yeah. So that's how they get him back. I guess we should, I guess we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. They see him and they say, hey, we're going to, we're going to contact Robin Williams. (laughs) (laughs) It's the real Robin Williams, so he's not playing a character. No, it's his character's name is John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Isn't that from a song? Yeah. Yeah. It's obviously a pseudonym. Right. Just like Noxima and Vita is our right. pseudonyms. But they sell their plane tickets for, and they get a car. They sell their plane tickets for like $1,000. And they buy a, a car for 50 really bucks. Really pretty 
really it's pretty Cadillac. car. Yeah, that you know they can drive with the top down and be all stylish. But the guy tells them that it's not going to make it across the country. Yeah, he's like, this car sucks. But they don't care. They just want to look fabulous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, they decide to bring him and drive across the country and... They're going to teach him. They're going to take him under their wing because Patrick Swayze's character is super, like, altruistic, I guess. Uh, Wesley Snipes doesn't want to do it at all. No. And um, Patrick Swayze's character also, we find out, comes from a very rich family. Mm-hmm. And... Old why- money. Why did they even... They drove by his house. The ones with the with the severe underbite. Right. Old, old Pennsylvania <laughs> money. We yeah. made our money in steel. We played poker with Andrew Carnegie. Right. It was really sad, though. They drove by his house and they parked, and his mom came out to like pick up the newspaper or something and saw him, and they made eye contact, and it's obvious she recognized him. Yeah. And she just turned around and went back in the house. Yeah, like he was a monster. That's very sad. But I don't know what the point was in the first place. They wanted to see where Patrick Swayze grew up. That's it? Yeah. It was just curiosity. Yeah. Wesley Snipes is like, I want, I can't even believe I've never even seen it. I want to see it. Because they're old friends. They've just made friends with John Leguizamo. So, yeah. So that happens. What's a Miss something? Oh, Jason London calls him Miss something a bunch of times. I don't remember now. I have no idea. Oh, Chi-Chi Rodriguez. Yes. Chi-Chi. Miss Chi-Chi. Chi-Chi Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah, Chi-Chi. A name almost as offensive as most of the dialogue in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so they're driving along and they get pulled over. Mm-hmm. And Vita is in the driver's seat. Yep. And says, oh, this is going to be a problem because the name on my driver's license is Eugene. Yeah, because he's really a guy. Right. But, you know, they're made up like women. And this officer thinks that he's a woman. Oh, yeah. Which I don't understand how people in this movie, maybe it's Everyone in this movie, like no one, only one person, only Stocker Channing, because of her time in Greece, probably, (laughs) knows that, that these are men. Right. And not women. We find out at the end of the movie that she knew all along that they were guys. But everyone else apparently thinks they're women. I don't know how. Yeah, I mean, they don't look... I can kind of see, like I said, I can kind of see Chi-Chi getting taken for a woman for real. Maybe. But not the other two. There are some real-life drag queens at the beginning of this movie in the the pageant thing. Mm-hmm. And they show them and everything. And there are some of them... That I'm like, wow, that that really looks like a woman. I can't believe that's not a woman. Mm-hmm. But not these people. No, they look like guys in dresses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, RuPaul's actually she she has a little cameo yeah. to at the beginning. That's cool. Where she uh, crowns the winner. But the officer now, I I I kind of agree with Vita on this. Chris it was, Penn. It was wrong of them to just sit there, by the way, when he tells her, her to get out of the car. But um, he he says, get out of the car. You ladies stay in the car. Mm-hmm. You're going to come with me. Well, and, wait a second. Wait, wait. He says, you're real pretty. Yeah. Before he says, get out of the car, which is not what you want to hear. Just like, wasn't it last week when it came up with um, the prophecy? Yeah. Being told. No, not the prophecy. That's what we saw oh. last week. But there was another movie recently where someone was told they were pretty when you don't want to hear it. I don't know. Anyway. In like a threatening manner. The net? I don't remember. I don't remember what movie so I just what movie you're pretty was a threat. Making in. the statement recently on this show. Okay. That you know, oh you don't want to hear you're pretty right then. If you remember what episode <laughs> that was. Right in. So it happened again. Late fee nineteen ninety four at AOL.com. Or just go to the retro late fee dot com and put your stuff in. So yeah, especially because he says to um to Patrick Swayze before he gets out of the car, you're pretty and then tells the other two to wait there. I think they should assume that something bad is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But they do just sit there and wait. And uh he says, Give me a kiss. Yeah. 
She's like, uh, yeah, I don't think you want one. <laughs> and then he picks him up. Patrick, he picks Patrick Swayze up and sets him on the car. Like, this cop is not that big, and Patrick Swayze is way bigger, and I don't understand how that even happened. Yeah, he had, she had to allow herself to get picked up. And then he reaches up the dress and grabs his dick. Well, that's not what he thought he was grabbing. It's what he grabbed. He said, wow, your clitoris is really huge. <laughs> what? That's not what he said. That's gross. Ew. What? So um, then Patrick Swayze pushes him over and he falls down and hits his head and they think that he's dead. From a push. Yeah. Doesn't make a lot of sense I to mean, me. But. He got knocked out, sure, but yeah. Bit of an overreaction. So they think they've killed a police officer and they take off. And A then, rapist police officer. Right? If she was a woman. He'd have raped her. Yeah, for sure. And her friends apparently would have just sat in the car and what? watched in the rearview mirror like what year is this supposed to be by the way i don't know it it doesn't seem like a modern movie but it kind of i mean like it kind of does i think it's just he looks at wesley snipes and he's like yeah we don't take uh with white people riding around with you know n-bombs and uh hispanics but you know a less kind word for that right He's like, we don't take that in this in this town. They think they're in West Virginia, and he's like, you're a long way from West Virginia. Yeah, we, we never, never find, find out, out where, where they are. Yeah. I'm guessing it's like Nebraska or something, based on the corn and shit, or Iowa. Well, and and the town they end up in is kind of dusty, like they're in the West. Don't you think? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, may, yeah, maybe. I don't know. But I think how the way- hell could they think they're in West Virginia and they they're in like New Mexico or something? That doesn't make any sense. They're in the country. They're in the Midwest. And you know how everyone cares about L.A. and New York and then everything else is flyover country? They're, they're there. Right. Flyover country. But here's the thing. As I, I think it could be modern day because it's just supposed to be the country and like people who people are still think that shit? backwoods and yeah. People still think like that? It's so crazy. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure. There, there are people that think like that still. I thought we were more evolved than that. Uh, I don't know if we're ever going to get there. All right. So, they're driving along, and the car just stops working like they were warned it would. And Chi-Chi's so funny. Um, they're like, oh, gosh, we're going to die here. What are we going to do? And and he's like, I've got legs. I'll be back. I'll get us a ride. And mm-hmm. it totally works. So they yeah, get they get picked up. Jason London happens to drive by. That's who it is. Mm-hmm. So that's the the young man that is okay. He was in, I believe, Dazed and Confused. Okay. Cool. So it is cool. It is cool. So he brings them. Richard back. Linklater. What a name! That's the director. Okay. He brings them back to this little town. It seems like, like not even real. Like mm-hmm. he just pulls up in the middle of the street and is hollering at a building, and people come out to help. Like it just—I don't. We don't live like that. <laughs> no, you know. No, we live in a suburb. We we don't live in the country. So yeah, they they're trying to fix the car. They go get it. They work on it. They don't have the part because they don't have Cadillac parts. Yeah. And doesn't have old Cadillac parts. Right. So they got to wait two days for the part to come. And in the meantime, there's what, mm, 15 people maybe in this whole town? Yeah. Well, what's funny, too, is they act like they're like, we can't wait. But obviously they could because they made it to that. Right. Like, I don't. I think they thought they couldn't last that long in this little town. (laughs) I suppose. There's a there's a scene of magic realism in the movie (laughs) where they're like. We need to fabulatize this right. room or whatever. And they start throwing like colored scarves around. And it's <laughs> it's like what's that movie? It's like Mary Poppins. Yeah. Where they're throwing stuff around and it just like all of a sudden it just conforms to the wall in whatever shape they want it to. Almost like they're witches. It was pretty cool. It's not obviously it's a metaphor or whatever. I don't know. It's not supposed to really be like that. Right. But it was an interesting little visual juge. 
But yeah, I mean, this town is kind of weird. Like you, you, like you pointed out, there's just all the guys in the town are just wandering around in a pack, like yeah, there's rapists. Just a, there's just a pack of rapists walking around the town for some reason because they corner Chi Chi at one point and they look like they're going to gang rape her. And I said to you, I was like, I can't like. This is where I was confused because I leaned to you in the theater and I was like, why are there so many guys in town that are just cool with having sex with a dude? And you were like, they think it's a girl. <laughs> they really thought that, yeah. that they were all women. And I didn't realize that up until this point that people wouldn't know that they're drag queens. But I guess in New York, they would. You'd see someone like this walking down the street, you know, like Patrick Swayze in a dress and you'd be like, oh, drag queen. Yeah. But in the small town, they just assume it's like it's almost like a magic power. You put on a dress. Oh, that's a woman. It's just like, what about her mustache? That's fine. Yeah, I guess it's, you know, context, like their brain's not used to looking for right. a drag queen. So, But yeah, so there's just these pack of rapists that uh, are going to rape Chi-Chi and then Jeremy London rides up, or Jason London, Jeremy London's his brother. Jason London drives up like a hero and saves her. And, for the second time now in his truck, saves and, her. And takes her to a sign, this old abandoned billboard. <laughs> That says, I love Pepsi or something like that, or I love Coke, or I like Coke. And he's he's spray painted out Coke and put in Chi-Chi. Yeah. Apparently, that's like a really romantic gesture out in the country. Well, when you're a Puerto Rican boy in a dress, <laughs> that is pretty romantic. So Chi-Chi just thinks he's the best. and She's falling for him doesn't i mean like he doesn't know you're not a girl like what the fuck he should be yeah she she should tell him basically but she doesn't no at least not at first so there's you know all this going on where he's you know thinking that you know they're gonna have something and then the play the people that they're staying with who are working on their house is it a hotel or is it their house i think it's like they have like a little boarding thing or something i don't know he's the mechanic but he's also has these extra rooms that they're renting out i guess it's just one room i don't know so yeah. it could have been their house i suppose i don't know what the hell's going on they just they let them stay there whatever whether it's a hotel or not i guess and um but stocker channing and her husband that's who it is so stocker channing's getting the shit beat out of her yeah patrick swayze comes in and she's got a black eye she's crying saying that she's cutting onions mm-hmm. patrick swayze's like there's no fucking onions in here <laughs> yeah why don't i spice this food and that's so stupid and rude and like caused so many problems yeah he was going to he was trying to spice up the food so that it would taste better. And like like you said, incredibly rude. Let me just come into your kitchen and mess up with you mess your food. Right. And she's like, No, he doesn't like spice. What a what a asshole too. Right. And so then Who doesn't like spice. And then she's trying to like dig it out of this out of the stew or whatever that was, chili. I don't know. He's got he's got ulcer problems, I think, or something. Uh, who knows? Peptic but- acid. Then, of course, he tastes it later, and he's like, you put spice in It's too in spicy. She's like, but I took him out. But I took him out. Yeah. He throws the pot. Yeah. Threatens to hit her. We never actually see her hit her. He does a lot of threats. But he did hit her, because she has a black eye. We know what happened. Meanwhile, Chris Penn is alive. He's found mm-hmm. on, on the, you know, in the road. Uh, having slept all night, apparently, but knocked out all night. I I don't know if he's got a concussion or what. Yeah, who just lays on the ground all night? Like that's bizarre. His, his the rest of his demeanor seems almost like he's got a concussion. So he goes around looking for them in a very comical type way. He says, "Where could they be?" And he puts like flower boutique. He makes a list of ballet like studio where where uh, fags hang out or something like that. I don't remember what he put on there, but it was something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's very ridiculous. Yeah, and then he just starts going to all those places, which apparently is very close to the town they're actually in. Mm. He talks to he. I don't know who these people are. He's the sheriff of his county or mm-hmm. whatever. He talks to a panel of three police officers in different color uniforms. 
And they're like, so you're telling me you got beat up by a girl? And they all start laughing at him like they're in seventh grade. Yeah, it was pretty dumb. And he's like, they're, they were guys. They, it was a guy dressed up as a girl. And they like laugh even harder. Like they, they think he's just making it up. Like they can't even conceive of a, of a world where a guy would dress up as a girl. Right. It's so weird. But they laugh him out. And he says, I'm going to come back here with three corpses. Then we'll see who's laughing. And they're just like, okay. Ha-ha. Yeah, they don't care at all that he's just threatened the lives of three, you know, civilians. Nope. Well, because, you know, they're women or men dress like women. So why would they care? Yeah, who gives a fuck about them? So, yeah, he continues his manhunt for them while this is going on. And at one point, he goes into a uh, a bar, and he's talking about he's talking in such detail about guys dressed as girls and what they do to each other and running their hands through the their the hairy chest and stuff like it. Very much seems like he it, like he's repressing that he's gay. Yeah. Yeah, he spent way too much time on way too much detail. I think, I was like, who thinks this much about it if they're not gay? I mean, like, to the point it was making me as an audience member a little uncomfortable. (laughs) I can't imagine how someone would feel sitting next to him on a bar stool. Right. But no one seemed to care. Were they even listening? He's just ranting to himself. Yeah, he seems really crazy. Yeah. And his character is a little unnecessary to me. For the plot of the movie. We don't spend much time on him. We shouldn't. I don't even know if we need him in the movie at all. The The problem and the, the fish out of water aspect of it is is simply we, like we could have just had a ticking clock as the as the antagonist. We don't need a we don't need a formal antagonist in the movie like their car breaks down in the middle of nowhere where people aren't used to drag queens and. How are they going to acclimate to this town? How's the town going to acclimate to them? Are they going to be able to find common ground? That's the majority of the movie. I think that's all it really needs to be. Yeah, that's all it needs. But at the same time, I think it's trying to make a statement about how they're treated. Yeah. You know, I mean, how first of all, like he just assumed they're women and he's going to rape them. Right. You know, and uh, that's a lot of rape going on in middle America, apparently. It happens, mm-hmm. you know. I've heard bad things about police officers pulling women over. Sometimes, I mean, I don't, I don't assume that every police officer is a rapist, but it does happen. Right. So, <clears throat> you know, I think there's that, and then just the fact that, like, once he realizes that these are guys in dresses, it's like, oh my god, I got to find them and kill them. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, th- I think it's it's kind of needed just for that extra element of, um. Genesequa? No. <laughs> um, just like hostility. Yeah. Okay. The The payoff to it is nothing, though. He she, He finds them in the town because a uh, wife abuser basically tells him. It's like Cinderella. She left a shoe yeah. at the crime scene and he shows it to the fucking wife beater. And he's like, "Oh, I I know who I know who belongs to that shoe. Don't know how, right? But he like he very much pays attention to that, I guess. So he takes him back to the town, and the sheriff shows up with a shotgun, says, "Bring him out. I'm gonna kill him." And the you know stalker Channing comes out and says, "You know, it's just very much is a Spartacus moment. I'm you know I'm a drag queen, and everyone's like I'm a drag and." Then he's like, you, you don't know, they're horrible, they're, they're, they're not natural, blah, 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 blah. And then he just leaves. Yeah. He's, he's more easily stymied than, than it seems like he should be. But I think, and I think that was really cool though, because even though the people in the town, aside from Stockard Channing or whatever, didn't know they were drag queens, when it came out, all of them were like, you know what? They're our friends, though, mm-hmm. and we're going to, you know, protect them. It so. was nice. Yeah. yeah. I think that it was a good extra touch to the movie. I don't think All it right. was unnecessary. So what do you think overall? 
I liked it so much. The characters are so cute. The interactions mm. are, are you know, just, I, I like it. And, like, they have the scene where they're trying on old clothes from the 60s. It's cute. And mm. just, I, I, everything about it made me happy. It made me smile and feel good, except for the rape stuff. So, oh, the rape didn't make you feel no, good? No, not that. So, <laughs> so well, yeah, they, they, they cow the rapists by... Basically, I think, well, yeah, it's Wesley Snipes, grabs one of them by the dick yeah. and pulls them <laughs> over. And it's like, hey, you know, this is how you talk to ladies, you little shit. And kind of schools them. And then from then on, they're just, they're nice. just fine. Yeah. They're just nice guys. It's all you need. That's all that needs to happen. One one dick grabbing and they're, they're right in line. Right. So a lot of people are giving this movie not as great reviews. And I think they're unfavorably comparing it to the movie from last year that came out of Australia with uh, those two Australian dudes. I, they haven't been in hardly anything, but uh, Guy Pierce and Hugo Weaving okay. called Priscilla Queen of the Desert, also about drag queens, and they're on a they're driving a bus across Australia, but. I, they're like, you know, hey, this movie's too tame and it's not like the Priscilla movies has like real teeth and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think this is how I think this is how you if you want to change things or you want to normalize, you want because men that dress up as women are, you know, they're part of marginalized groups in right. society like women, like black people, stuff like that. And I think if you want to normalize a group like that, you want to ingratiate them to middle America, this is how you do it with yeah. with this kind of, you know, cute and, you know, like a safe story, a safe story with new types of characters that you're not used to seeing. I think there's I think there's merit to stories with real teeth and oh, yeah. stories that deal with. But I don't think that's what ingratiates Middle America into the, these kind of cultures. Yeah, I think these stories are what do, what does it. I don't think whenever we we whenever we finally get a TV show that focuses mo- mostly on gay characters, I don't think it's going to be a gritty drama. It'll <laughs> right. it'll be a comedy show. I agree because that's how you connect. You don't connect with stark realism because it's too for people that are people need their guards down a little bit in order to kind of accept things. You know, people need to be not defensive and dramas and and action and stuff like that can make people defensive. They can get people's guards up. But comedy breaks down those kind of walls and barriers. That makes sense. So that that's that's my opinion. I think the movie does more to ingratiate women dressing as men drag queens and stuff into middle America than the Priscilla Queen of the Desert movie, which is a good movie, but I think this one does more for that cause. Okay. That's my opinion. What do you think? You got anything more to say? Just that the title of the movie? Yeah. And how it actually works into the movie? That's it something does. that's unnecessary. It, yeah, it doesn't really work into the movie. Julie Newmar appears at the end to crown, uh, you know, Chi-Chi, the champion of of drag queens, which completes her emotional arc from outcast to full-fledged drag queen. Right. Queen of the drag queens. <laughs> but yeah, Julie Newmar shows up at the end for that reason alone. I'm surprised she wasn't in a cat woman outfit well and in the beginning patrick swayze steals her picture off the wall yeah that's signed that way she's like a spiritual guide to them and for some reason it's there the the connection between him and her is never like it's never established it's not like he was like oh like if they indicated somehow she's so fabulous and gorgeous and that's why I want to dress like a woman. Then I I would get it more if that was like his idol. I would get it more. But it's never. It's maybe sort of implied that's what's going on. But it's never. It's never foreshadowed. To, it's never even really hinted at. 
he's just like he sees a picture of her and he's like, oh, you know, she's so beautiful and statuesque. It could have been Marilyn Monroe. It could have been anybody. Right. Any pretty woman. Right. She's like, oh, she's so beautiful and statuesque. I think she should accompany us. And he steals the the little picture and that goes with them in their in the car. And it's like, yeah, I agree with you. There's no it's too nebulous. There's no strong connection. Yeah. If we saw a flash of Patrick Swayze when he was a little boy, seeing her as Catwoman or something like that, or in a movie or whatever, mm-hmm. and we really saw the connection, and then, like, you know, we could foreshadow his mom or, or at least, you know, give shades of his mom rejecting him and what he wants to be in that moment, then that would make more sense. It would give more meaning to her cameo at the end yeah but there's no no connection at all no and no real meaning to her cameo at the end could have named the movie anything else especially wong fu is not even in the movie yeah i don't know where that comes from yeah i don't know if i don't know if this is based on a book i don't know if this is based on something else i don't know if there's if there's deeper meaning somewhere in it but if there is if somebody out out there knows what the deeper meaning behind to wong fu with uh thanks for everything everything. yeah yeah let us know. Yeah. But anyway, so, uh, Carol, tell the people the stuff. So, uh, one more week to get into this contest. That's right. Uh, www.retrolatefee.com. Mm-hmm. And you can write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. Yep. All right. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.